feel the heat of the game. The crunching tackles, the near misses and diving headers. Feel the drive from the sidelines. Feel the passion of your captain. Feel the celebrations. Feel the last-minute heartache. And the penalty save that changes everything. Feel the heat of the game from the comfort of your own home with OPC Energy Limited. For more information on boiler servicing and maintenance, visit opc-ltd.uk. Barry Ferguson. Barry, congratulations. Absolute delighted, Paul. It's been a, a long 10 years. Um, there's a lot of suffering and a lot of pain. But yesterday, after the results Celtic had, it was a, a great day for Rangers fans and everybody connected to the club. Gary, a Celtic fan, is on. All good things come to an end, I suppose. Congratulations to them, the best team we've won the league this season. See, after that old firm game, Rangers players would have been sitting in that dressing room, looked round at each other and thought to themselves, wow, how did we just win that? But do you know what? Games like that win your leagues. Win your leagues. The Goal Radio Football Show With OPC Energy Limited Hosted by Rob McLean, Stephen Cragen and John Hartson Call now and voice your opinion 0808 1717 700 Let's go, 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 go Well that's half a dozen managers in the Premiership Who've been shown the door this season Two situations still vacant as of last night. Aberdeen are looking for a new gaffer. The Celtic hot seat has still to be filled. And Italian Enzo Maresca is the name that is currently circulating. Rangers, meanwhile, getting back to business after a couple of days of title celebrations. And suddenly, they're 48 hours away from the Europa League last 16. Stephen Craig, and that's crept up on us, hasn't it? And maybe crept up on them. Yeah, it's a huge game for them, no doubt about it. Listen, they will have enjoyed the celebrations over the weekend, but I'm sure in the back of their mind they're thinking, we have a great opportunity of getting into the quarterfinals. I've watched a little bit of Slavia Prague over the last few days. They're beatable, they're a good side, they've got good players. Rangers will have to be at their best to go and beat them. Their home form, I don't think they've lost a home game in Europe this season. I don't think they've lost a home game at all. So Rangers haven't lost at home either. Rangers haven't lost away from home in European football. So something we'll have to give on Thursday night. Rangers will hope it's Slavia, it's Slavia Prague that has to give a little bit, not them. And Rangers, of course, uh, will go in as Scottish champions for the first time in 10 years. It was all wrapped up at the weekend. Rangers beat St Mirren uh, 3-0 at Ibrox. And maybe typically uh, for the way this season has gone for Celtic, uh, John Kennedy's team uh, went down with barely a whimper. John Hartson at Tannadice. Yeah, uh, I-, I thought they, they created numerous... Opportunities. I was a little bit disappointed. Twenty-seven shots at goal yeah, in the course similar, of the ninety very minutes. Very similar, Rob, to the first game up there, start of the season. Really, a game that I did with Sky. Ayeti came on and and got the right, got yeah. the winner with about ten minutes to go. I thought Lee Griffiths should have come on earlier. I thought you know when you're trying to win the game when you need a goal, there's nobody better. He showed that this season. Um, and then to bring Rogic on as well instead of instead of Griff, um, but I, I thought the the players went about it in the right way. It's just that they just could not score. I thought Seagrist had another good game for Dundee United, uh, the goalkeeper up there. Yeah, but did he did he have wonder saves? I thought he had two good saves. I'm not sure he did any line, great Rob, saves. If, if we're going to be brutal about it, Celtic should should have won that game. Yeah. You know, the, that's that's the one opportunity they've got this season to spoil the party. If you like, Rangers mm. were turning up in the hundreds and. Thousands, they were all getting ready to celebrate, and Celtic have to win the game at Tannadice, and they failed to do that. It was just a story of the season. How things have gone, really, for me. 
Yeah, lots of uh, lots of shots at goal, lots of shots off target as well. A few saves for Seagrees, then it all let, left Callum McGregor feeling like this. Been getting the numbers quite regular in terms of actual chances, and like you said, just not putting them away. And you know, for whatever reason that is, maybe confidence in front of goal, like you said, probably sums up the season a little bit. But you know, we have to keep working. We are where we are in this in this moment, so we have to keep working, keep training, keep trying to get better, and, and turning those type of performances into wins. Was it a game, Crags, to, to sum up the season for Celtic? Probably. You know, the players looked a little bit flat, albeit they were still the better team and should have won the game. But naturally, they know in the back of their mind that the league is gone, the campaign hasn't been good enough. Uh, you know, to try and raise your standards to what they should be playing at, um, it's difficult because it's a little bit subdued. And I think it showed in that in the performance. Yes, they still had the ball and they still had a chances and they should have won it, but... They just were a little bit uninspiring for me. And I think there's been too many games this season that have been that way where, you know, last season they were finding a way to win games, were blowing teams away. If they don't get the first goal and don't get it early on in the game, they just seem to plod. You know, and I think they play too many passes. They don't get enough shots off from certain times. It's always pass, pass, pass. You know, they, they miss someone like James Forrest who come on and the first thing he wants to do is run. He wants to run with the ball. He wants to run without the ball. Whereas the... Too many people standing still, just passing the ball about. And Dundee United really didn't have to move an awful lot. Um, but in saying that, you know, when you have 27 attempts in goal, you would like to think you go and win the game. But um, all they would have been doing is just, uh, you know, stopping Rangers winning the title for one week, two weeks, three weeks. It was always going to come somewhere along the line. Um, but they have to get better. There's no doubt about it. Uh, and, you know, we spoke about the John Kennedy effect. You know, John would have liked a little bit of a bounce when he took the job. He would have, you know, one goal in two games, you know, probably shows... It's the players and it's not the management. You know, John's tried to probably do something different. He's probably taken a lot of the training under Neil as well. So it's the same voice. Just because the leader's not there in Neil Lennon, it's still the same voice and still, you know, the same coaching ideas and messages going across. Um, so it'll be interesting to see between now and the end of the season if John Kennedy could go and win the Scottish Cup. That would really put him in the frame for the job. Rangers uh, did exactly what they had to do, John, on Saturday. Um, it wasn't just a one niller this time. Uh, they, they blew St Mirren away, really. It was emphatic from them um, at a time where sometimes uh, a team can stutter over the finishing line, but, but not Rangers, not this season, the way things have gone for them. No, they've, they, they've been convincing winners. There's, there's no doubt about that. You won't see any Celtic uh, fan you know, sort of complaining about um, how far Rangers have been ahead this season in terms of goals, performances, wins, and um, you know whatever's gone wrong at Celtic, you know the inquest for me starts now. Uh, they've they've got to look at where it went wrong. They've got to look at players. There's going to be a big overhaul in the summer. Uh, what do they do? You know, do they just carry on going now with with John Kennedy in charge and look to look to to do things at the end of the season uh, or do they change things now do they bring a director of football in you know be proactive if you like um, because as I said there's going to be so many changes at the club in terms of players personnel management uh, new director of football and there's an awful lot there's an awful lot to, to, to do an awful lot to discuss and for me at this moment in time you know I, I just think Celtic are dragging their heels a little bit you know they need to do it now. Never mind in, in another ten days when we when we play. The, the league is gone. We 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 failed this season. Ultimately, it's been a, it's been a desperate season from start to finish, Rob. And nobody can go away from that. But if we want to claw the title back, and we want to you know get get, get our uh, 
you know, start get a thinking caps on in terms of what type of manager we need. You know, there, there'll be loads of pe- uh, there'll be loads of people out there that want the Celtic job. You know, it'll be it's a, it's a massive coup for somebody. Yeah. It's a wonderful job, but um, I just feel they're dragging the heels a little bit. Something should be done right now. And the name that seems to be getting shouted out with a bit more volume uh, with each mm-hmm. passing hour in the course of today and the last few days as well is Enzo Maresca. Uh, he's someone we're going to find out a little bit more about in maybe 10 minutes' time with uh, Robert Snodgrass, the former Scotland striker. Um, he worked with him when he was at West Ham. He was assistant to Manuel Pellegrini there. Um, he was at Sevilla as assistant before. He's currently the under-23 coach at Man City, Crags. Which ticks a lot of boxes and sounds good in theory. Uh, ultimately, in practice, it's all completely different, Rob. You know, and, and Celtic have to decide what route they want to go down. Do they want to give an untried manager a chance to come in and try and take the club forward? Because that's a big risk. You know, Rangers have stolen a march on them this season. They've started to strengthen for next season as well. They look as if they're going to be competitive over the next two or three years when you look at the squad. So for Celtic to bring someone in and their first job and you look at the changes that have happened or are happening, new chief executive, potentially new director of football, potentially overhaul of squad, you know, for someone to come in in their first job and have to deal with all that and not have the experience of having dealt with it before is a big, big ask. And and, and I put John Kennedy in that bracket as well because it really is a big ask. Do they go for someone a little bit more experienced who's been able to build a squad, uh, mould a team, plus you've got the Champions League qualifiers coming up on the 22nd, 23rd of July as well. So there's so many things to happen. To throw a young manager in who's never managed in their first team before, never been the number one, that is a huge test for them. But if that's the route they want to go down, and people will say, well, you know, Rangers give Steven Gerrard the job when he was inexperienced. Mm. Took him almost three seasons to win his first trophy. Yeah. You know, so are Celtic fans and board going to give three seasons for that manager? He's not going to get it. Not going to get that time. Whether Steven Gerrard's name carried him a little bit more, maybe the season ended last season, bought him a little bit of time. Celtic can't afford to wait and watch their rivals win trophies for the next three seasons. They need to hit the ground running, which would make me think a newbie, someone fresh, may just be too big a risk. That is the problem, John, isn't it? You are in this job, in the Celtic job or the Rangers job, you're just, well, in Steven Gerrard's case, yes, he was given time. It was a longer term project. They were coming back from lower leagues and all of that, yeah. uh, getting back to full strength. But Celtic will want to be very much in that title race next season. So does that fit, as Craig says, as somebody coming in who hasn't run a first team before? Well, first of all, I'll say for Steven Gerrard, Rangers were willing to give him time because the club needed time. They needed somebody to come in, um, an organiser, a leader, somebody who could choose a system. Uh, he had a philosophy. He was allowed to change the staff. I think they brought in eight new staff. He brought um, a st- st- statistic man. He brought Gary McAllister with him. He brought a sports science. Michael Beale. Yeah, he he'd, he'd have brought... Um, other members of staff along with him, you know, people that he'd he known for years type of thing, you know, he was allowed to do that. He was allowed to build. They might just see it differently at Sat because they've been so, so successful. And although it's going to be a big overhaul in players, it's it's got to be sorted now. And I'm not too sure. I agree with what Jackie McNamara said on, on the weekend. I thought he spoke really well on, on the up at the Dundee United game there. He said that he felt John was a good coach. You had good things about John Kennedy on the training ground. 
and he just felt he needed to go away, maybe get a job somewhere. Because I think he would get a job. I think he would get a job in yeah. Scotland. On the back of how long he's been at Celtic and the managers he'd work with. Yeah, although the problem being that because he's been in the shadow of three managers, we're not quite sure how good John Kennedy is. That's exactly what I'm trying to get to, because being an assistant manager is totally... Totally different role, Craig's. I'll tell you. Although Craig's hasn't managed, but he's been working very closely yeah. Yeah, at Motherwell with the first team. But it's totally different because the buck never stops with you as the assistant. You're not um, responsibility for picking the team. You're not accountable for losing games. Although one or two of the fans might say this season, well, John Kennedy, what's John doing? Is he not organising the defence? Where well, the defence has been awful at times, conceding from set pieces. But John won't really take the blame. That's hence why Neil Lennon's no longer at the club. You know, so for me, I actually agreed with that. But for all we know, John Kennedy might he might know he's the next Celtic manager. We yeah. don't know. We got yeah. it wrong about Lenny when we all went away from the show and Neil had resigned that night. Yeah. We never we never yeah, thought but, it. But, but is the harsh reality about John Kennedy not that that is not a name that's going to sell season tickets? That's not a name that yeah. works for Celtic from a commercial mm. point of view, from a fan's point of view. I think in the ideal world, John Kennedy would have taken, would have taken over from a manager on the back of success. And that's, that's maybe what might go against him this summer because there's so much change needed and so much improvement required within the squad, within the backroom staff, with everything going along. If they had won 10 in a row and needed left them, whatever, it may have been easier for John to slip into the role and, and take it on. But suddenly now all eyes are on. There's such a big response needed from Celtic over the summer. And within four or five months, if John didn't hit the ground running and things didn't go well, it could finish his managerial career. You know, And, and then you, you tar that relationship slightly with the Celtic supporters and the board that goes on. I know they hold him in high regard. And I think somewhere along the line, they had planned for him to take the job, whether it was this time round or whether it was next time round. But I can imagine him as an individual will say, I'm ready for it, I want it. But the problem being, Neil Lennon, as we keep hearing, didn't take a lot of the coaching sessions. John Kennedy would have taken them all and he was the one setting up the training. He was the voice they heard every day in the training pitch. So it's the same voice. Mm. And sometimes players just need a freshness. A club needs something different. It inspires players a little bit more because they're having to prove themselves to someone. And that's why John would have wanted a real reaction from the players and it hasn't really kicked in. They've just been going through the... You know, not through the motions, but they've just played on as normal in the last couple of games where if you'd seen a spike, then you'd have thought, right, okay, he can affect him, he can make a difference. And that's the challenging thing. And that'll be a disappointing thing for John. He'll have wanted a better response. He wouldn't have wanted the title at the end of the weekend. He would like to go to the old firm game, beat Rangers, get the next one, and just try and build a little bit of momentum, but it's been taken away. That's a, a subject we will be coming back to, of course, in the in the next couple of hours on the Go Radio Football Show with OPC Energy Limited. Uh, who do you fancy as the next Celtic manager? Do you think uh, John Kennedy should have a chance based on results between now and the end of the season? Or is it another name that you have in mind for that big job at uh, Celtic Park? Robert Snodgrass will be with us uh, to discuss the, the positives surrounding Enzo Maresca, a name that is being pretty strongly linked at the moment uh, with Celtic. What do you think then on the socials at Go Football Show? Text Go in your message to 87474 and the phone number, you know it so well, 0808 17 17 700. One other question that's in my mind at the moment, uh, John, is can Stephen Gerrard's Rangers emulate Brendan Rodgers' Celtic from a few years back? Can they be invincibles? In the, in the Premiership this season? Can they get to that 106 points? Well, the big question is, Celtic need to respond. 
and they need to go out, they need to spend money, they need to bring in a, a, you know a top class staff, a manager, and spend big. Um, Steven Gerrard, can they do the same? Um, listen, it's 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 not it's not beyond um, possible, but as I said, I don't think they will. I think what Celtic achieved, you know, nine in a row quadruple treble I don't think that'll be seen again No but in, in one season I mean even just in one season to go through it unbeaten yeah. in the league been remar- that, that, they, that's, a, a, that's a fantastic, a fantastic season Rob but I don't think Celtic I said earlier on they can't stand still and at the minute for me I'm slightly worried because there's nothing happening there's nothing being said they just go in with John Kennedy um, and things need to be sorted out things need to be looked at need to be addressed as I said you know the the inquest starts now. Um, I'm not bothered about the next two uh, Celtic Rangers games. Who is? Celtic I'm turned up for 32 games. All of a sudden, they might beat Rangers in the next two. Who cares? It don't matter. You know, the, the league title is over sitting at Ibrox. Celtic should be absolutely desperate. I'm sure they are at board level and, and the players that are still there. Some of the players, although a lot of the players have been over the course now many times for Celtic. Um, but they should be desperate to, to go get their title back. Yeah, and that's <laughs> going to take work. It's going to take investment. It's, it's going to take organisation. It's going to take talent spotting. All these things. But and, and there's not really a message that's coming out from the the powers that be at Celtic at the moment. No, there's not. There's, that's why I just said there. You know, for all we know, John Kennedy might well have been told, been told, go and take the reins, and it's your job. We don't know. But I think it, it makes sense to keep it in house. You know, they're not going to come out and say to the public, this is our plan. We're going to go for a director of football. But why not those things? Because what happens? They get turned down. You know, then they've got egg in their face. Surely do their business in private and they keep it to themselves. No. For all we know, they're having meetings and yeah. their chats. And you'd like to think they're speaking to people. Yeah, but I, agents, I think fans would rather know yeah. now rather than wait yeah, but they can't announce after, after six no, no, games but, but and think, go, but, you know, uh, John Kenny's a man. If, they, if they're confident yeah. in John Kenny and they believe in him yeah. as a football club, announce it now. Yeah, uh, but I'm not talking about specific scrugs. I'm talking about a general theme, a general message about where Celtic are going here. And, the you know, Dermot Desmond or the outgoing Peter Lowell, whoever. Dermot Desmond, I would think, ideally, to sort of say, don't worry, I understand this has been a horrible season, we, we've all shared in it, mm. but, he, you know, I'm not going to tell you specifics here, mm. but, but worry not, because we're going to invest big time, we're coming back at Rangers next season. Yeah, well, maybe that just then tells us he's not too sure what direction he wants to go in. So rather than put a message out and you can't back it up, Wait until you have the plan in place. Wait until you have the structure in place with Dominic Mackay uh, being involved in it, Peter Lowell potentially being involved in it. I said last week as well with Dermot Desmond. Until they have that structure right or the idea clear in their mind, Rob, they don't want to come out and say something they can't back up. So I I understand it, but you'd imagine certainly they're working behind the scenes on some sort of plan. They have to be. I mean, you know, Dermot Desmond's not a successful businessman if he's not working on plans and have a vision of what he wants, whether he announces it now or next week. But certainly I'd imagine it will come in the next few weeks and months. Is it going to be Enzo Maresca, the new manager at Celtic? We'll find out a little bit more about him on the other side of the commercial break. He was at West Ham as assistant manager. Robert Snodgrass was there at the time and the former Scotland striker is up next. The Bull Radio Football Show. Let's go! So that list of Scottish Premiership managers who've been shown the exit door in the... In the course of the last, what, seven months or so, uh, Holt 
Robinson. I should have uh, set this as a question, actually, but I'm too late now because I'm halfway through it. Holt, Robinson, Kettlewell, Dyer, Lennon, and uh, as of last night, McInnes. Derek McInnes is gone at uh, Aberdeen. That will be a job that a few people fancy, you would imagine. Um, But lots of talk today about... Enzo Maresca, maybe a name that uh, we didn't know too much uh, about uh, a short time ago, but he is in charge of the under-23s at Manchester City, and he's got a pretty impressive CV as well, and uh, part of his background is assistant manager at West Ham United, where he was number two to Manuel Pellegrini, and uh, one of the talents, and what a talent he was in his midst at that time, uh, Robert Snodgrass, was you. Hi, how are you doing? <laughs> Good, thanks. How are you? Yeah, I'm not too bad, thanks. Um, I'm just uh, just finished training, so um, I thought I'd come on and give you a bit of insight in the end. Just finished training, Snoddy, what's up, it was five, what was Sam's got you doing triple sessions or what? You listen, John, you know when you get a bit older, mate, you need to... <laughs> it never stops, mate. It never stops. Oh, brilliant, mate. So it's Rob McLean and it's John Hartson and it's Stephen Cragen on the Go Radio Football Show with OPC Energy Limited and uh, former Scotland striker Robert Snodgrass with us. You're not uh, tempted to come out of retirement, Robert, in time for the Euros? No, no, no. Listen, I'm, I'm staying retired. I'm, I'm really enjoying sort of time with my family and, and watching uh, the team uh, do so well and you know, getting those wins under the belt and building confidence and uh, you know, I'll be like everybody else, I'll be a fan um, come the summer and, and watching you know, the team hopefully doing well and competing because you know, I don't think that they'll just want to go there and take part, they'll want to do well and give the fans uh, a lot to cheer about. How are things at West Brom just now? Yeah, listen, it's, um, it's, it's, it's been better the last few weeks Obviously, we've been um, the level of performance is, is has been good in terms of going and creating a lot more chances. Um, we we should have probably um, you know beat Burnley, beat Man United, give ourselves all sort of games where it could have went either way. Um, when you're down there, sort of fighting for points, it's it's difficult. But you know we've had we've had chances over the last sort of few games where we could have. Um, I took my maximum points out of those games and gave ourselves a better chance, but. You know what we are starting. Um, as I said, he create a lot more chances, and it's um, you know Big Sam's getting his ideas, get, obviously to the boys, but getting them in where you know he's trying to uh, do it in a short space of time. Where it's it's hard for managers coming into the you know the to try and adapt to the Premier League. But when you're um, down there at the bottom, I think it's you know it's a little bit difficult. But he's coming in and done well. What's your situation come the end of the season? Are you committed to West Brom, whatever happens, or do you have an option to to make up your mind? No, listen, I, I signed an eighteen month contract, and, and I wanted to, you know, show the club that I'm fully behind whatever you know happens, whether it's you know if we're staying up or whether if we go down. So that that's um, that's that's obviously out for everybody to see. I've I've done that, and there's nothing where it's like you can leave or anything like that. It's just you know it's, it's an eighteen month contract. Tell us about Enzo Moresca because I guess a lot of people today and over the last maybe few weeks have have seen his name and really not known too much about him. But he was number two with Manuel Pellegrini, wasn't it? West Ham. Uh, what's he like? What 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 would Celtic be getting, Robert, if he is their man? You would they would be getting a a, a hell of a um, coach who can coach the players in terms of to put his experience, uh, you know, first and foremost from him being a top player, but to then deliver it and he being, you know, a top coach where he's, 
he took most of the sessions at you know West Ham. He's um, he's attention to detail, where he focused a lot on like positional play on how you know lads can you know really uh, exploit space, um, and that was probably a lot he learned from um, different managers he's worked with. Um, Pellegrini had a a hell of a lot of respect for him. Where you know he was he was close to him. He wanted um, Enzo um, you know to be his number two and, and try and go go with him when he went to I think it was when he went to Betis. Um but Enzo was I think he was at a stage where um I, I think Pep and stuff rang him and, and obviously gave him that chance. They worked with the under twenty threes and, and you know really um teach those lads about obviously what they're working at as City and, and, and replicate that because that what you see with um Pep and his style of play, that's what, you know, Enzo obviously looked up to um him when he even was at West Ham it was a three or four different managers that he would um try and study and work um work like when it's like you know when he's when they're not in possession and obviously when you're in possession and, and I'll be honest with you I thought it was I thought it was top class. I thought it was a you know elite um level coach when you see him and, and sometimes even though the boys talk about it um you know, after training and stuff so early, you could just see he had all the credentials to be, you know, a, a top gaffer. Um, but, you know, the, the game's sort of changing now where it's, they don't want to be top managers, top coaches because they want to coach the players to become better. Would it be a worry that he's not been a first team manager? Well, listen, that's that's not for me to decide. I'm just telling you what he's done as a, as a coach because... Um, he took he took my game where I played in the centre midfield a lot, which was his position. Um, he he taught me um, even through training sessions. He would get clips and show you different things and to try and learn. And he, he did it a lot with even Mark Noble and stuff as well. Um, and you know we really learned a lot for him in a short space of time. Uh, and it was one where you know we really enjoyed um, that because you were learning even if you were out of the team or in the team. If you're learning and you're adapting, it's you know it's very hard to keep the lads who are not playing happy um, uh, as a as a manager as a coach because the lads who are playing are, are obviously they're, they're happy they're starting they're they're fine so that that's fine but one one thing that he was really good with when it was sessions where the lads were not playing as much he would you know put on some 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 great sessions and he would talk to the lads and then when you did get your chance. You know, you were really prepped for that position in the part, and he would do it with everybody all over the place. Um, and he's, as I said, his attention to detail to become better was clear for everybody to see. As a player, John, he lined up for Juventus against Celtic. Yes, well, I, I would have at the time I would have come, you know, face to face with him, but I can't. Not sounding disrespectful, but like I can't quite remember. <laughs> Juventus are so many top players at that time, Ned Ved and Del Piero and names like this. So uh the, the, obviously a wonderful career, Rob. But I was gonna say, Rob, you know, would he would you, you quite fancy the opportunity to come to Celtic and there's an awful lot of work to do there at the end of the season. There'll be a big turnaround in in in, in players and obviously, you know, I would think he would want to bring his own staff along with him as well. But is he the type of guy that would, he would have certainly would have lots of contacts and and bring in the type of player that 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 Celtic need to bring to the club now because they have to respond. Yeah, no, listen, I totally agree with you, and um, you know, watching uh, the Scottish game closely and seeing it, where I think anybody that's going to come in, they, I think they need to have the same um, 
the same sort of blueprint idea where Brendan Rodgers came in for the very start, John, and, and he stamped his four early doors. And mm. I remember Bruni saying that the first week he came in, he was giving the lads homework on where they become better and, you know, little pointers here and there on saying that, you know, what he studied them and this is where he thinks that. But that was like through everybody in the team. That was everybody to try and say this was you become better and everybody was coming in at that point. That's why Celtic was so ruthless. Everybody was coming in to a high level um, and that's where uh, you know I do, do agree with you. he's got a he's got a massive job in his hands but he has his work rate is um, it's incredible and, and and I think you know he'll know himself that you know being a being a coach to being a manager when you need to deal with all the uh, the interviews after the game the cameras are there and, you're, and everything's in your face and you know everything's you know, you're right under the microscope and a lot of people who maybe are down south don't realise. Um, Celtic is one of the biggest clubs in the world it's a, it's, it's a massive club it's a great club with a great tradition um, and the fan base for all over the world so if, if you obviously if you don't realise you, you, you will realise very quickly uh, and Brendan Rodgers had that sort of tradition yeah. um, whether it was at Liverpool whether it was a massive club and you know he dealt with um, that pressure as soon as he went in and he knew the expectation so um, you know I've I've, I've, I've Kept in touch with Enzo throughout throughout the time, and um, listen, he knows he, he knows what it takes to be a top um, level performer and a top manager. Um, and if it does work out that he is there, listen, I'm, I know he's more than capable because I know how he deals with people, and I know how he he puts a lot of pressure on um, you know first team players, and even he's doing that now with the under twenty three uh, lads. I know a couple of people that have. Um, get in the youth and I've seen him work closely um, and uh, as I said he's, he's, he's work rates um, incredible but you know for him to bring in personnel um, it would need to suit his style mm. first and foremost because he has got his own style and he will create a blueprint and identity that you know the fans you know they'll really enjoy it Robert you know you you know the expectations of Celtic. You know how tough a season it's been. What you know, what's ahead next year? You've spoken about Brendan Rodgers, which is great because Brendan had, you know, Brendan has an aura about him, and he can come in and he can demand and he can do all that stuff. For it's a huge job for a first job for someone like Enzo Maresca. You know, without that experience, without maybe the players maybe knowing him. And the challenge for him would be, first of all, to get the players in that suit his style. But that would be a big risk for Celtic as well, wouldn't it? Putting all their eggs into his basket to give him carte blanche off, off to sort it all out. But you know, from what you're saying, he sounds like an ideal candidate. But you can understand with the yeah. expectation and what is ahead next season, there is a little bit of a gamble to it as well, isn't there? Yeah, but uh, yeah, listen, because uh, I understand, I understand the, you know, the job that's at hand. I, I get it. Um, I think that you know um, anybody that is coming in there, it's um, you know it's a big role um, because you know finishing second, finishing last um, mm-hmm. in Scotland, we all know that, and I, I think it's uh, it's one where one he's a great candidate for the job, but you know he'll have he'll learned a hell of a lot um, working under you know uh, Pep and getting little ideas for him and and you know having that you know that year under his belt with him um, and trying to you know get more experience where. You're working underneath the best, um, some of the you know the best managers and coaches in the world, and and you know they chose him um, to be in that that role to try and take the lads, uh, the younger boys, um, you know first steps to get into trying develop to go into the uh, you know the first team 
um, because you know that's the the ethos and the style that they've got there. So he knows how we deal with younger players. He was he was unbelievable with the more experienced players because he had hadn't long finished his sale, Craig's, you know, and, mm-hmm. and, he, and he was such a you know technically gifted footballer with both foot. He was he was still unbelievable when he joined in. So. Um, he knows how to handle it. He's been at some massive clubs, um, some big clubs. He's, um, you know, working with the younger boys at one of the uh, the biggest clubs um, in terms of, uh, you know, uh, winning trophies over the years in England. So he knows the drill. Um, it's not his sort of first rodeo in terms of working with, you know, um, top class players and and getting them to become better. That that's the that's the biggest thing as a manager is. You know, you can you can go in there, but if you're not getting the 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 pool of players that you've got and get them to become better first and foremost, because they need to buy any of it. They've got a core there at Celtic, who, in my opinion, all they've done is one trophy. So this will be a big um, test of character for them. But you know, this season, you know, they haven't they haven't done that. They haven't done the ten. So it'll be a big test for for Enzo to try and create that mentality back again. But it's a fresh start, um, and he needs to, you know, as soon as he if, if it is him. Uh, or whoever it is that gives, gives into that role, you know they need to hit the ground running because they need to get their their style and and, and you know everything's about winning. Uh, at Celtic, it's all right creating a style, but you need to win, and and that I think will be uh, the biggest um, you know test for for Enzo or whoever gives in. I think I think the one thing Snoddy there listening to you the last four or five minutes and that you used the words he's at an elite level in your opinion. You know, he is that yep. elite level coach. Um, and Brendan Rodgers was at that elite level. And I, I think Celtic need to go back to that. They they need somebody that is elite and, and can make players better. And, you know, the trophy hole that Brendan went on and, you know, he just turned the club around. I know they were on a winning run anyway uh, before that with Lenny at the start of the, the nine in a row and then Ronnie Dyler, but Brendan took it on to another level. That's not, you know, and when you say elite level there, you know, you've worked with a lot, a lot of people, coaches and managers. Yeah. You know, and that for me, sort of, you know, that was key for me when you mentioned that word there. Yeah, listen, John, I think when when you can, we've all worked with coaches and, and you know, tactically and stuff and you see different things, but, you know, for the attention to detail and then showing you and simplifying the game where uh, and simplifying runs, it creates space for others, you know, creating space all over the park. And that's what I found when, you know, at international level, when we played against the, you know, the, the top boys, the, the space they seemed to create where I felt as if when we were in blocks, where it was like a 4 5 1 or maybe a 4 4 2, I just felt as if the other team, the bigger teams, especially City um, or, you know, like your Spains, um, they, these type of teams, which I said to you there about as why Enzo studying those type of managers that, you know, he, he loved positional play, which, as I said to you, he's he really tight with um, the under-19s coach who was at Barcelona and they're really tight and the two of them, you know, um, would study that positional play on how they, you know, worked with it and then was an Italian coach as well off the ball in terms of work rate and stuff that he studied he was so in depth and he would tell you openly with, with the different things and I think that's what you know Celtic need somebody to come in and teach them yeah. certain little points here and there where as you said Brendan Rodgers came in and focused on finer details on how to be ruthless not just one ones twos threes it's, it was that you know every time you seen Celtic fours fives it was like they were so ruthless creating chances in front of goal 
you know, and, and teams would rarely feel like they were going to even pick up a point against Celtic, let's be honest, when they were in that, in that groove and they were in the flow. Um, and I think right now, somebody needs to come in and give, you know, these lads like your Christie's, Edwards, Griffiths, give these lads that confidence back again because as I've watched them this season, you know, it's, um, it's they, they don't really seem to have that, to be quite honest with you, and that's not sort of disrespect to anybody who's, you know, Ray Lenny or whatever. It just seemed to me that, you know, Rangers this season were that little bit more ruthless um, in, in certain points um, came up and, you know, as I said to you, it proved to be uh, vital in the, in the title race. So, so, Robert, you've given us a really detailed insight there into en- Enzo Moresca. It, you know, you're a Celtic fan. Is he the man for you? Would Is he the guy you would want in that job? From next yeah, yeah. Listen, I get. Uh, yeah, listen, Rob. I'd give him the job. I'd give him the job tomorrow. Not, not a problem. But uh, I'll be honest with you. I, I believe that he'll have other clubs try to get him. And, yeah. and, and, and I, you know, I sound like his agent right now. But I'm, I'm <laughs> hope you're on a good chunk. Assistant manager. No, no, it's not listen, a... no. Listen, I'll be honest. I think he's. Uh, I think he's that good. Um, and as I say to you, I can only give you um, the, the sort of info of what I know. I, and I have worked with him close hand. I was with him like two seasons. A season and a half before David Moyes came in, and you know there was talk that even uh, West Ham wanted to maybe try and keep him there. He would try and work with Moyes as well, so they knew how good he was. Um, you know, Mark Noble and all the different lads, you know, the experienced lads, they knew how good Enzo was. Um, and yet, as I say, uh, Angelo Bonner worked with him at Juventus, um, uh, the centre half at uh, West Ham, and, and, and yeah. even before he came, he was spoke really highly of him as well as a player um, and as a guy. So, um, yeah. Listen, I, I think you do a great job, but there's some great names um, floating about for that select job. And, and yes, John's right. Whoever comes in, they, they need to have the same aura um, and character to try and get the players to, um, you know, learn um, for the mistakes this season and come back stronger. Robert, really good to hear from you. Take care of yourself. You. All the best Cheers, to you, Robert. And All we'll best. speak to you soon. That's Robert Snodgrass, former Scotland striker, um, giving a very glowing reference to Enzo Maresca. The Bull Radio Football Show. Let's go. It was good to hear from Robert Snodgrass, wasn't it? Currently at West Brom, involved in their uh, relegation battle with Sam Allardyce, ex of West Ham, of course, and that's where he picked up uh, the experience of working with Enzo Maresca, who is being, at the moment, strongly linked uh, with the Celtic job uh, to succeed uh, Neil Lennon. The odds are are shortening on him. And John, we were just talking uh, about uh, Mikel Arteta as somebody who worked as a lieutenant alongside Pep Guardiola and moved on to become his own man. And uh, the same might happen with Maresca. Yeah, well, I'm sure Arsenal would would have thought about these type of things uh, before they appointed uh, Arteta as as manager. You know, never managed before. Um, probably become an elite coach under Guardiola. Guardiola's second in command, if you like. And Arsenal took a chance on him, and he's won the FA Cup. You know, all right, they're struggling a little bit in the league, mm. um, but I'm sure Arteta has taken his philosophy to Arsenal and the plan and. You know, and this tactical nous that that people really want to want to know now because they want to do well in Europe. That's where you know that's where you earn your coin really as managers when you do well in Europe against the big boys. Um, and it's very similar to um, to Enzo Maresca, I think. You know, Celtic fans might might be a little bit concerned. And Crags, we were talking off air mm-hmm. in terms of if he comes in and you know he, he struggles initially, he struggles with. 
because Celtic is, is is different. Celtic is a different club to other clubs because you've got to win. You know, you've got to win straight away. And how long is it going to take him to to put his ideas into the group of players? And it's going to be such a big turnaround, Rob. I keep emphasising mm. it. Yeah, there'll be about ten or twelve players that will leave, and they've got to be replaced by quality. You know, so it's, it's a huge job. Does he bring his assistant to Celtic? You know, demand that Maresca has to work with John Kennedy because they yeah. believe in him, like they did recently with Neil Lennon. Yeah. He wasn't allowed to bring his staff in, so we've been told, um, allegedly. It's, it's, yeah, I mean, it's a, it sounds like a, a massive gamble for Celtic yeah. to take um, on, on a, a rookie manager, a manager who hasn't taken charge of a, a first team before. But you couldn't fail, Crags, to be uh, bowled over there by the, the enthusiasm and the detail yeah. of, of Robert Snodgrass in talking him up. And what you find is players are normally a good gauge of a coach or a manager. Because if there's a bad one and you ask players, they'll tell you he's rotten, don't touch him, don't go near him, he's a bad coach, he can't communicate, he struggles with the language, whatever it may be. Or you get the ones who say, I really like him, he helped me as a player, he helped me understand the game. Younger players probably just accept it and get on with it, but when you become an older player like Robert Snodgrass and he's starting to study the game and he's wanting to see what coaches have for him, you have more of a, an opinion about the game or you think you know him and you work with a coach and they show you things and they tell you things and it makes sense and you see it adding up it excites you and he sounded excited for me Robert Snodgrass mm. because he's worked with him and he can see the you know the progression a couple of things you know yes he's worked with Pep Guardiola and, and Pellegrini you know the two names that jump out in Scottish football who worked with big names was Ian Cathro who worked with uh, you know the current Wolves manager Nuno Espirito yeah. uh, and it didn't work for him you know to go from a, a number two three four coach whatever number he was to come his own man and Angelo Alessio a Kilmarnock who worked with Conte Yep. so it just shows you it, it doesn't always work it's not always the fairy tale ending because of this great CV behind him but also to pick up on John's point he's right about Celtic it's not a three year project mm. it's about coming in yeah. and trying to get into the Champions League in July <laughs> that's where it starts from yeah. and you won't lose the Champions League and allow Rangers to get a six point gap or nine point gap and then come mid-August and you know but the style's good I'm working with players you know my full backs are rotating my wide men are coming in you know we're great to watch but we're nine points behind Rangers. We're out of the Champions League and we're fighting for Europa League, for example. Yeah. You know, that's the worst case scenario, which is where Dermot Desmond and, and, and Dominic Mackay have to then think, is it the right appointment? Is it the risk worth taking? Because if we back him, we can't back him for two or three months. We've got to back him for a year, 18 months, two years. They allow him to put his style into play. Or do they go with an experienced manager, a safe pair of hands because of the damage has been done this season, a safe pair of hands that allows him to hit the ground running you know, someone like Steve Clark, I know he's the one that's been mentioned. He knows how to set up a team. He knows how to win games. So that's the balance and act they have. But certainly on the basis of what Robert Snodgrass said, if they want an ambitious, uh, you know, flamboyant coach who knows the game, wants his team to play with style, he could be the one. As of last night, Aberdeen are looking for a, a new manager as well. Derek McInnes uh, has gone just a couple of weeks, I think, short of eight years in charge. Got off to a really good start um, with the Dons. But what, what that means um, as well, the fact that McInnes has gone, is that suddenly, and it's quite incredible to hear yourself saying this, but Stephen Gerrard is the longest-serving <laughs> manager in the in the Premiership. It's, it's amazing. Mm. Off the back of uh, John, what, what must have been a hugely emotional weekend for him, seeing the best part of three years hard graft uh, yeah. bearing fruit finally yeah well he was allowed he was allowed to build a team and he, he was allowed to um, fail in his first year fail in his second I say, I say fail in terms of not winning the trophy yeah. I don't mean failures in terms of not improving the team mm. and getting a little bit closer to Celtic you know bit by bit and then obviously to him you know the, 
he's never won a title in his career as a player. Unbelievable, won everything yeah. else, yeah. a great player. So it would be his first title. So there'd be, there'd be nobody more pleased and satisfied um, with the job that he's been able to do. You know, he's brought he's brought Rangers the fifty five titles uh, that they, they keep saying. Um, and he'd be absolutely thrilled, you know, in terms of what he's gone and achieved. Um, and I think Rangers, they will do everything within their power now to hold on to him because, you know, if it's not Liverpool, somebody else might think he's doing a great job. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm sure Rangers would like to tie him down. And I think he will stay simply because I think he would like to retain the title. I think he's on a, I think he's on a long-term contract he is. already, it isn't he? Tw- is it, is it 20 to... No. I think I haven't a contract. No. Because and he's also on a... Clubs who yeah. might come in for him, they can buy the contract. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Days, of course. You know, of course. What I think what... What you know, just to enhance the achievement there for Steven Gerrard, he knew at the start of this season, if he didn't win the title, I think if he'd won a League Cup, I still don't think that would have been enough. If they had lost no. the title the way they lost it the last two seasons after Christmas fell away yeah. and did, he'd be out of a job. Mm. So that heightened the expectation, and that's why I think his focus this season was just. And I know last week you were giving us a little bit of stick for it, but it was all about next game, next game. Mm. I can't get carried away. He's probably get carried away in his first two seasons after a couple of results, and suddenly it's fell off the edge. So he thought next game, next game, and his players towed the party line for him. Certainly, publicly, privately, it may have been different, but that was the pressure he was under, knowing his managerial career could collapse this season if he hadn't won the title. They, just, that they just looked at it every week, yeah, Craig. They looked at it. Driven and by okay, him. they won games 1-0, you know, last-minute goals and things like this. But that's it, the sign of a great team when you, when you, when you find go- all those different ways going, of winning. This is what I'm going on to. Yeah. They conceded nine goals in all season, which is remarkable, really. Yeah. And I was asked at the weekend here who, who I thought would be the, the, the player of the season for Rangers and people were saying Morelos, were saying Kent, one or two others. It has to be Goldson because he's improved. He he was capable of a, of a couple of mistakes last season, big mistakes, you know, passing it back, passing mm. across the face of his goal. You know, they were getting punished for it, Rangers as a team. You know, you could see uh, Goldson at times with his head, with his hands on his head thinking, yeah. oh, you know, but he's improved. He's knuckled down, you know, he's limited the mistakes that he makes. He's, he's a threat in both boxes. You know, he goes and heads the ball. He's got a goal in him. And for me, you know, that defence, uh, Golson, Haaland, the Tavernier when he's fit and Barisic and the goalkeeper. Yeah. You win leagues, Rob. You win trophies with your defence. Yeah. You don't concede goals and then you work through the team. You get good strikers. And the team doesn't change. It's 4-3-3. And look at Celtic. Look at them this season. They've been three. They've been a flat four. They played with wing-backs. They didn't bring Turnbull into the team until about November. You know, they've chopped and changed with the strikers. They've had coronavirus. They've had, they've had problems. And that's the thing. If you've got a team that are gelling as, as the season's going on, like Rangers have had... And, and there you go, 20 points difference because they've been at it. They sure have. And they had the title all wrapped up on the first weekend in March. Quite incredible. Still the Scottish Cup to play for, still the Europa League. They're in the last 16 in the Czech Republic on Thursday night. News at six on the way and another hour of football chat. Feel the heat of the game, the crunching tackles, the near misses and diving headers. Feel the drive from the sidelines. Feel the passion of your captain. Feel the celebrations. Feel the last-minute heartache. And the penalty save that changes everything. Feel the heat of the game from the comfort of your own home with OPC Energy Limited. For more information on heat pump servicing and breakdowns,
homes, renewable energy and more. Visit opc-ltd.uk The Bull Radio Football Show Let's go! And into the second hour we go. Lots of football chats still to come. And your calls, of course, joining myself, Rob McLean, John Hartson and Stephen Cragen on Tuesday's show. Uh, tomorrow night, Barry Ferguson is back with Marvin Bartley. Thursday, uh, James McFadden makes his debut in the Go Radio football show studio alongside Craig Moore and myself. And then it's uh, Barry and Cy Ferry with Paul on Friday. So the top quality football chat just goes on and on and on with James McFadden we've James McFadden we've had Robert Snodgrass I've got James McFadden on the brain which is a worry ahead of Thursday uh, Robert Snodgrass raving about Enzo Maresca currently in charge of the under 23s at Manchester City and uh, being strongly backed at the moment uh, his odds are shortening by the moment uh, his chances of taking over from Neil Lennon as Celtic manager some breaking news and uh, the Scottish FA have issued a notice of complaint against Nathan Patterson Calvin Bassi, Bongani Zungu, uh, Brian Kinnear and Dapo Mabude. Those the Rangers five who uh, breached the COVID regulations, of course, turned up at a house party quite a few weeks ago now, Crags, and a principal hearing date has been set for Thursday, the 25th of March. Yeah, it, it does seem a bit strange. It's taken quite a long time for that to... Um you know, get taken up by the by the SFA. I think Jordan Jones and George George Edmondson got seven games. Yeah. So you'd imagine the precedent's been set. You can't imagine they're going to go in and get five. You're Jordan Jones and George Edmondson. You'd be saying, "Well, hold on a minute. <laughs> Why? How come they're getting five or less than me?" Or so. And it does seem quite strange. And it's probably worked in Rangers' favour if there's such a thing because yeah. uh, James Tavernier's out injured. Uh, Leon Balogun, who was playing right back, was injured for a while. So Nathan Patterson was able to come back into the side. He scored after, what, 15, 16 seconds against... In the second half, uh, yeah. Uh, Royal against Antwerp. Royal Antwerp, yeah. You know, so, uh, listen, it's been good for him to get into the team, but um, it will be interesting to see what comes of it. But I, I can imagine the only outcome it looks like it will be a seven-game ban. OK, so Rob McLean, Stephen Craig and John Hartson on the show and Jordan in Perth, who's a, a Celtic fan. Hi, Jordan. Hey, you guys. How you doing? Very well, thanks. Yourself? Yeah, no, I've had a rough couple of days, but I think I'm probably not alone in that. No. After the weekend. No, exactly. Um, I, I basically, uh, yeah, it was a tough one, but uh, let's see, I woke up the next day, so I said, like, fan, so can't yeah. be too bad. Bouncing back. Yeah, uh, exactly, yeah. I, I just basically, I wanted, uh, we had, we had uh, Robert Snodgrass on earlier talking mm. about Enzo Baresco, and I, I just really wanted to get John's opinion on who he'd ideally like to see come in next. John Hartson. Um... I think there's a few names uh, actually for me that could come in and I, I'd be quite um, happy to see them come to the club. I, I liked Eddie Howe at, at Bournemouth. I thought Eddie did exceptionally well, played good football, um, kept Bournemouth in the league, um, young, enthusiastic um, and actively out there. I think would imagine uh, Celtic would... would um, would obviously he he'd quite fancy the Celtic job I think I like Mark Hughes as well I worked with Mark Hughes with Wales and three nine place finishes at um, at uh, at Stoke in the Premier League and we had Barry Ferguson on regular you know on on the show and Barry had Mark Hughes at Blackburn has he has he had much of a mention Mark Hughes for the Celtic job well again what what um, what Robert Snodgrass was saying there about uh, Moresca Sparky. Uh, 
attention to detail, incredible on the opposition. Um, tactically good, brings along Mark Bowen and Eddie Dizvecki. They, they come as a team and, uh, you know, they've had Man City, QPR, Blackburn, you know, some, some good clubs, Stoke. It's a good CV, isn't it? Yeah, and, and again, he, he's out of a job at the minute. Uh, you know, I, I, I agree with Jackie McNamara at the weekend saying I think John Kennedy will probably go, need to go away and I know it's a risk for him, but I'd go, go maybe prove himself and be successful somewhere else and then maybe have an opportunity to come back in again uh, in, in sometime in the in the future. I think a lot of fans would, would probably agree with that. J- Jordan, what do you reckon? Is John Kennedy a contender for you? I, I, I don't. I, I appreciate everything he's done, but I think, I think it was... Um, we, we need somebody like who's proven themselves, I think. I don't think we go with a, a, a new manager. I reckon we need somebody to come in and try and affect some immediate change, mm. even if it's not for a, a long period of time, but yeah, like I think Stephen said earlier, the Celtic garden in the position they could have a project. I think Rangers could maybe have gotten away with it a while because they were still coming back up from yeah. the relegations. So they maybe were able to implement a sort of three-year project. But I don't think that's something Celtic have the benefit of just now. Who, who do you like to see, Jordan? Who 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 you got your eyes on, maybe? I, I mentioned the other day, and I know I said not a new manager, but someone who's a bit uh, proven. I like someone mentioned to me, Sean Maloney. Um, I know he's worked closely with Martinez and he's got a bit of about him and then I've never been super keen on Eddie Howe but the amount of people keep talking about it, I went and sort of maybe looked into it a bit more mm. I think more and more that he might be a good shout but that, that's, a, that's, a, that's a name Jordan isn't it that seems to have stuck mm. around for a long time Eddie Howe uh, that's been kind of all season long uh, a contender mm. to take over when the when the job fell vacant yeah I think it is, is like you had the, the sort of the, the big name of Brendan Rodgers when he came to Celtic at I don't think that's going to happen very often that you get a manager of that calibre whereas like, you've got to try and find a balance of someone who's got the skill set but is also willing to take a chance on the Scottish League. Would you would you look at uh, would, would, would Sean at the helm and, and John Kennedy alongside him and um, would, would that sort of excite you, Jordan? Uh, because yeah. I, know, I know they're extremely close them two. I know they talk quite a lot. You know, they're the same age, come through the same... System youth team playing John unfortunately and obviously at the end his career unfortunately, um, but the but Celtic fans want something to get themselves excited. Of they do. I'm, I'm just I'm just answering back what Sean yeah. is suggesting. Uh, sorry, what Jordan is suggesting, yeah. and I know if Sean was to come in and maybe take the job, if Celtic were to offer Sean the job, and they would say and they would say, look, Sean, John Kennedy alongside you, Sean would jump at that. Because I know he he believes in John and they're good friends and you got to remember you know. when Sean Maloney worked at the club he was assistant manager in the under twenties assistant manager in the reserve so it's a it's a huge jump to go and be suddenly Celtic's first team manager yeah. but you know would he be similar to John Kennedy where he, you want him to go and earn his stripes and see what yeah. he's all about yeah. working with the group well he hasn't done the number one job it's has similar he? situation to Maresca really because Sean's going to come in he would have worked along Robert, alongside Roberto Martinez at Belgium mm. Belgium currently the FIFA ranked number one team in the, I know the FIFA rankings yeah. people don't take an awful lotus, lot, lotus of them but you look at the players that he's working with at Belgium <laughs> incredible yeah. players tactically um, Martinez was magnificent at Swansea in particular yeah. Everton fans weren't too happy with him Wigan he did very well won an FA Cup yeah. at Wigan as a manager beat Man City in the final 
and now he's in charge of Belgium and Belgium will probably be favourites for the Euros Yeah, Sean, Sean Maloney is meticulous yeah. uh, there's no doubt about that let's get uh, we've got Jordan in Perth let's add uh, Matt in Belfast into the equation as well hi Matt how's it going guys yeah hi, very Matt. well what would you like to say were you listening to Robert Snodgrass earlier when he was talking about Enzo Moresca yeah, I was I was uh, I was saying to Ali there when I phoned through. Um, he got me excited, I have to say. Yeah, listening to him, he talks with so much passion about him. He did. I just, you know, um, I sort of I heard the first sort of whispers on social media today and straight on the Google like to see because I've never heard of him before. But uh, <laughs> you know more just, about him now after listening to Robert. Yeah, oh yeah, he, he, I, I just clicked it on when he was coming through, so it was good timing, but. My worry is sort of that, sort of. I think John said it earlier. Is you know, there's such a big rebuilding job. Yeah. I, I I would sort of be tending as a Sally fan to sort of take the more cautious approach. I I just think that they need a more experienced. They may need a more experienced set of hands. Maybe you know, if this guy's in demand, he may not want to come as a number two. But I just think for the rebuilding job that it is, if he comes in and feels, or maybe not feels, but if he comes in and Maybe, you know, he's a couple of points off Rangers, early doors, you know, is he going to get the chance? And then he may think that, man, his coaching career may take a hit before it's really started at the first team level. I just want to know what you think. The, the, the one for me, if, you, if you're going to go down that route, Matt, is somebody like Steve Clark would be absolutely yeah. ideal. Worked wonders at Kilmarnock, did exceptionally well. Now Scotland have qualified, they're in the Euros. You know, set something up with Celtic. Go and do the Euros. Yes, you don't it's not walking away from your country, but you go in from a, a, a you know, a, a international management is totally different to club management. He might just be happy having eight, ten games a year, playing a game of golf now and again, like Martin O'Neill did when he went to the Republic of Ireland manager. But does he want to go back to the day-to-day stuff? But in terms of what you're talking about, Matt, in terms of knowing the club, knowing what the club potentially needs and the overhaul and 10, 12, 13 players will leave. Maybe some staff will leave. Steve Clark would be ideal. I think Celtic should throw the book at Steve Clark. I really do. I wonder just, is Maresca just... I'm just, wrong, I'm just wondering if Matt... Time. I'm just wondering if Matt's doing the dusting in the background. <laughs> oh, so, so I'm just, uh, just leaving work here. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, no, uh, John's, John's 100%. Uh, like, Steve Clark will throw, the, throw, um, throw everything at him. But... There's a name that I, I, I don't know, sort of, he's sort of been counted out, but I, I think he's an outstanding coach for where he is, and it's Jack Ross as well. I just think, mm, you know, ooh, a lot of That's a name. Would he, would he, yeah, yeah. Is, he, is Jack yeah, Ross ready, Craggs, uh, no, to I, move from Hibs to Celtic? It's a different ball game. I think he would have a little bit to prove yet. You know, Jack had two semi-finals this season. Of course, one came over from last season against Hearts and against uh, St. Johnson. Lost them both. They were big moments in his career that if he could have won himself a trophy, then suddenly people look at him a little bit differently. Finishing third in the league, everything would have been rolling <coughs> for him. So I still think Jack's got a little bit of work to do. There's no doubt about it. Um, he has, of course, won the championship with St. Mirren. He's done well with uh, with Hibs. But, you know, likewise with the likes of John Kennedy and Maresca, he's still a little bit to prove, maybe further down the line. But at this moment in time, I think Celtic needs someone to come in and really just rejuvenate, pick everyone up and take them on a journey again. That's yeah. exactly what they want because it's been so good over the last nine years. They have one bad season, they want back to the good times. I'm just wondering, Jordan, what you think of uh, Matt's suggestion there? Uh, Steve Clark. 
No. A possibility. Jack Ross. Ja, uh, Jack, Jack Ross at Hibs. Would... Jack Ross, oh, sorry, yeah. Apologies. Yeah, I, I, I'm not, <coughs> I think I, I agree with Stephen on that point. I think he's still maybe got a bit to prove yet. Mm. Um, more, more for his own sake, I think, because he doesn't have that behind him. If, if he did come in and it did go terribly, then the, the fans might turn a little bit quicker than if he had proven himself and they gave him a little bit more time. Does, does, it, does it need a big name for you, Jordan? Does it, does it need, because it's, because it's Stephen Gerrard at Rangers, does it need a, a Brendan Rodgers style appointment for Celtic, a really box office appointment that's going to bring in star players with it? Does it need that, do you think? I think so. I think, I think when we brought in Brendan Rodgers, I think Celtic sort of set the bar of of what was expected of a team now. It's not just a case of being a good manager. I think you have to have a good, a good coach and a good staff around you. Um, and I think that showed as much as I love Neil Lennon towards the end of last year, it looked like obviously it wasn't all his fault, but he was sort of out of ideas towards the end. Whereas I think if you've, you've got a decent staff around you and proper, like everyone pulls in the one direction, whereas I think Jack Ross just doesn't have the experience yet. Is that a problem, Crags, for Celtic, that they've set the bar high with Brendan Rodgers? And, and all Celtic fans are pointing back to that and no, what because, happened then no I think that's what they have to aspire to get back to you know okay, but, but can they well that's up to the to the owner he's certainly got enough money to go and put it in and go and attract a big name if that's what he wants to do I mean the name that I've got written down here which has been spoken about and kind of drifted away was, was Benitez but if he comes he wants a big salary and he wants a big player budget he was on about eleven million in his last well, job, wasn't he? I would imagine his next job won't be eleven million pounds. Even if he went to the Premier League, it wouldn't be eleven million pounds or twelve million pounds. So the challenge then is, is if that's what uh, you know Dermot Desmond wants an impact manager, that's the one. Big name, big wage, big player budget. Does he want to go that route, or does he think no? Do you know what? We may not recoup that money because Champions League is is around the corner. They need to be pushing towards the Champions League if they possibly can. There's a lot of work to do, of course. There is some of that ilk would suddenly attract players, would make players want to go and play for them because he makes players better. But again, that boils down to financial input off the owner. Does he really want to go down that way or does he want to try and go with someone who's up and coming? And that's the that depends what they all come together as a group with the, the, the new chief executive, the old chief executive, the current owner. When they come together and have their plan and their vision of what they want, that's what it'll boil down Remember, to. Remember, Rob, as well, this next, next manager appointment, right, and staff is absolutely massive. Yeah. You, you cannot you cannot sort of underestimate this now because Rangers they've absolutely cruised home. They've won the league at a canter, okay? Um they will take unbelievable momentum and confidence going into next season. No matter what happens in the Europa League with them, they they've they've done something extra. to them, they've stopped the 10 in a row. That that's the big challenge for them, right? But They'll want to continue winning leagues. They won't want to say, well, we just turned up last season, we did a job on Celtic. They'll want to go on and on and on. And if Celtic don't get their finger out and get in gear and appoint the right manager with the staff and get the right personnel, the players, this is going to cost money. There's a huge turnaround in in player and, of course, the staff and manager. There's a danger, a real danger, of Rangers going to... Three, if Celtic are not proactive and they appoint this, uh, the the proper guy that they feel can can take Celtic back and and re- regain in the title, that's that's the challenge now for Celtic. They've got to respond. The fans yeah. are looking for a reaction, and there's huge pressure on the hierarchy at Celtic and the board 
to get this one right. This is massive. Yeah, and we've got two fans on the show. Matt, if 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 Dermot Desmond was listening, what would your message be to him right now about what you want? Just what John said, uh, I think they need to get their finger out now <laughs> because it's not going to be... Um, it's not It's not good enough, you know, doing it in May, June, July when Rangers have already maybe got their plan in place and got four yeah, or five... Totally agree, Matt. And sit, I think it was Barry Ferguson the other night made a great point. He said, uh, something of went and said... That's what I don't understand about so Rangers have a great have a state of play. They know exactly who they want to fit into that. Felt like it's saying this boy Shaw of uh, Sheffield Wednesday. Liam Shaw. You know, yeah, do, do, it, I've no doubt he's a good player, but have, you know, that to me hopefully would suggest that they've got the right, their manager in mind because if a director for, or a head of recruitment is saying in this boy and then new manager comes in and says, well, I don't like him. Uh, and then, you know, I, I just don't see where, you know, Celtic to me, need to have somebody in now. It mm. can't go on too much longer. If they give Canada to the end of the season, and then before you know it, Rangers are already maybe a couple of steps ahead, and maybe you know, and maybe you're on the back seat straight away. So I just think Sally need to get their finger out now. I'll tell you what you throw into the mix. Dominic Mackay is the new chief executive. If he's involved in this appointment, he wants to make a statement. He doesn't want just someone in the job for the sake of it. No. Because he's now going to be judged as the chief executive. He's putting his head above the parapet. He's the one now that's going to take, you know, the credibility for the big signing coming in, the new manager coming in, or he's the one that's where the abuse is going to be directed or the frustration is going to be directed towards yeah. him. So he's got a big call. He wants to make sure he can make a statement early on to show the Celtic fans that as much as he's a fan as well, I want this club to progress and this guy's going to take us there. And how, how much say does the outgoing Peter Lowell have as well? I mean, he's leaving as chief executive, um, but there is a, an understanding at the moment that he might be staying on the board, he might be staying on a, as a director. I mean, what, what, would, what would that mean? Well, I mean, whether he stays on the board or not, you know, Peter Lowell has said he's leaving. I, I, I don't know how the Celtic fans would react to the fact that Peter Lowell actually wants to stay at the club. Now, after the announcement being made, I thought it looked like it was a clean cut. He was moving on somewhere else. He had done his time. So if that decision is reversed and he stays on the board, does he then have an input in the new manager? I would think he will have some sort of input now because there's, you know, he is the current chief executive. He still has a role to play. He will not pick, but he will certainly be advising and trying to do bits and pieces to help Dominic McKay coming in because he still has an allegiance to Dermot Desmond. I asked Matt this question, Jordan. I'm just going to before before you go. Um, what would you, if Celtic were listening just now to the fans, to you? What would you be saying about what you want to happen? Uh, just even some signs of encouragement. Like you say, there, there's going to come up season ticket renewal time, and that's soon that they need to buy back some faith with the fans really quick. Do you know what I mean, like, like Matt says, it can't be May, June, July. It's got to happen now, or by the time it comes, you're you're already going to be on the back foot with the fans. Thanks to you both. Cheers, boys. Matt and Jordan to Celtic fans who want action. The Bull Radio Football Show. Let's go. There's football tonight in Scotland in the Championship. Of course, Dunfermline against D- Dundee was called off a few days ago before because of uh, coronavirus in the camp at East End Park. But uh, Inverness, Cali Thistle, uh, they're pretty busy at the moment. They've got a few games to catch up on. Uh, they're home to Morton uh, tonight. And uh, the very impressive Wraith Rovers uh, play Air United, I think, are still on the lookout for a manager after the yeah, yeah. Uh, departure of Mark Kerr. Um, David Hopkins has been mentioned mm. in connection with that one. And and you could certainly uh, see the wisdom of that, John Hartson. You've you've worked with him in the past. Yeah, he's good. Oppie's really good. He did uh, two promotions at uh, at Livingston, as we know. 
um, first division, then the championship, took him into the into the uh, the Premiership with Davy Martindale as his uh, as his assistant. By yeah. the way, yeah. So they worked extremely well, and then obviously Oppie left to go to Bradford, come back a little stint at Morton. Um, but he's currently out of the game. But I know I've been, uh, I'm not going to give him the same reference as uh, Robert Snodgrass <laughs> gave us about uh, <laughs> Maraska. But um, I do my best because he's a great lad, Oppie, and very good as well, very thorough with his work. Yep, sure is. And uh, he would be a great hiring, you would imagine, for Air United. We're still looking back on uh, the weekend results and the implications of them all. Uh, Aberdeen nil, Hamilton nil. Well, we know what the implications and the repercussions were from that one because Derek McInnes uh, and the Dons parted company last night. Aberdeen are looking for a new manager. McInnes there for eight years. Well, just a couple of weeks shy of eight years. Uh, Motherwell 3, Livingston 1. Craig's old team got a big win at the weekend, uh, which probably takes them out of the relegation mm. issue at the moment, although Craig's yeah. will be going for his one no, game at a time routine no, th- here, probably. No, I think I think that's them almost done, because it, you can imagine with, what, six games to go for them, they will pick up another three or four points, which would take them to 38, 39 points. I can't see any of the bottom two at this moment in time getting themselves to 38, 39 points, so Motherwell are done and dusted. Although they won't want to say that publicly, I think you know they will be in the Premiership next season. Pretty tight uh, between the bottom three, but it wasn't a good weekend for uh, Kilmarnock, uh, beaten 3-2 in Dingwall. Big win for, for Ross Kenty, um, but it uh, hasn't really happened so far for, for Tommy Wright, and he's, John, running out of games pretty quick as well. Yeah, they're sinking, aren't they? Uh, they, they got um, a 1-1, I think it was his first point the other night, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah. Um, Kyle Lafferty back in the goals, but he got two at the weekend. And it still wasn't I think, enough. I think he'll get goals for them, Kyle yeah. Lafferty. But, um, you know, on the weekend there, Ross County at home, John Hughes, he's got Ross County right up for it in this, they're in a dogfight, aren't they? Yeah. They yeah, sure good are. win, big win for Ross County and John. Sure it was. St Johnston won Hibs nil at the weekend. Another great win for Callum Davidson's team, the League Cup winners, of course. And of course, the two wins, uh, the two results, I should say, that decided uh, the title. Well, it decided it arithmetically. Mm. It was probably decided about two or three months ago, uh, to be perfectly honest. But Rangers uh, beating St Mirren three nil at Ibrox on Saturday. That was all very conclusive. And uh, Celtic with uh, 27 efforts on goal and uh, not one of them ended up in the back of the net mm. at Tannadice. Uh, Nil-nil and uh, it was a pretty horrible way but maybe fitting for the way the season's panned out that, that it all ended for Celtic crags like that. Yeah, I think the biggest overriding factor is disappointment because they came into this season with so much expectation. The players knew what was at stake you know, they've they've written history over the past three or four years with all the trophies they've won. They could have created something that may never, I don't think, will ever be done again as 10 in a row. They really could have delivered that. And it was interesting when Neil said, I think, three or four games before he left, that he felt it was just too big a test for some of them. You know, and that will be the disappointing thing. That may be the one moment some of those players look back and think, I regret that. You know, we really should have pushed on and, and created their own history. So, yeah, disappointing way to end at the weekend for them. John is an Aberdeen fan and joins us now. Hi, John. Evening, guys. How are you doing? Hi, John. Yeah, well, thanks. Yourself? Yeah, good. Obviously, um, the, the big news came last night about um, Derek McInnes. Um, yep. As I said a few weeks ago to, to you guys, I thought it was the, the right time to make a change. It, I was a little bit surprised it happened last night rather than the end of the season because that's the way it seemed to be petering out but I st- stand by that I think his position did become a wee bit more... Ah. Just lost John there. We'll and, s- so oh, no. 
Oh no, you're back. Sorry, I was just breaking up a bit there, John. Carry on. Oh, sorry. Yeah, all I was saying, um, if you didn't hear that, sorry, um, was that, um, yeah, it's been, it's been coming for a while, unfortunately. I'm a wee bit surprised it didn't um, happen at the end of the season because that was the way it looked as what was going to go. But when, you, when we're drawing no no home to Hamilton, and no disrespect to Hamilton, they're fighting for their lives down there. Um, it put us in a bit of a bad pit situation. One goal in nine games yeah. is just not good. Five all year. Um, it was becoming stale. We discussed the football before it wasn't great you don't you turn a blind eye when you're winning games you weren't even scoring goals let alone winning games so who do you want John who do, who, do you, who do you want to take over well, well I would, I've said to you before that I would love to have uh, Jim Goodwin because I think he's a progressive manager my worry is, is that Aberdeen by paying off McInnes and Doherty now won't be able to afford the big compensations that Mundell attract for a three year Contract that they've given Goodwin recently, so. But it would, um, it would it would pale in comparison to the probably a million they've had mm-hmm. to pay out to Derek McInnes and Tony Doherty to to get rid of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we, remember we've been losing money because of the the pandemic, yeah. and it just depends um, how the obviously season ticket sales are going to be due next month. Aberdeen A sales are going to be due, and I think Cormac's thought about that and thought. Um, he knows it's a majority that's a, a, that was against him, unfortunately. But the thing I want to remember, Derek McInnes, is not the last couple of years, but the whole the whole package. Is to, I mean, we were ninth, 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 eighth when he when he came in, and, and then we went third, fourth, fourth um, times being second, and fourth last couple of seasons. That's not bad, and he gave he gave respectability back. If anything, I think he's been a victim of his own early success. Mm. Yeah, I think it's important, Craig, as well, that people remember that. John's rightly pointing out that uh, uh, Derek McGuinness dragged Aberdeen up by the bootstraps yeah. when they were at a really low ebb. Absolutely, and I think, you know, w- what we will say is I don't imagine there'll be another manager, certainly in the near future, who will be at a top-flight club for eight years. You know, so that longevity tells you Derek McGuinness done something right. You don't stay at eight years at a club if you're not having so-called success. And I've heard Dave Cormack speak before saying he met the, the, the board's requests. He got the semi-finals, he got the finals, he got them into Europe. But I think when Derek looks back, the disappointing thing will be that they never actually managed to get the playoff round in the Europa League. They always got knocked out in the third qualifying round. They never got to the playoff round, never got to the group stages, only winning one trophy. When at times... You know, especially in the early part before Brendan Rodgers came in, there was opportunities there when you looked at St Mirren and Ross County and, and winning trophies and you think, and, and St Johnston won the Scottish Cup, of course St Johnston beat them in the Scottish Cup semi-final 2014. So you think that was opportunities there to really make it two, three, four trophies. As it went on and you know, Rangers come back into the league, they became stronger, Celtic became stronger under Brendan. It was always going to be very difficult to break that mould. But I think John touched on it rightly there. Aberdeen looked a little bit stale. And I don't know if Derek McInnes became a little bit stale because if you're a club for eight years, I would think you probably have to reinvent yourself at least two or three times yeah. with regards to different training setup, different message to the players, different style of play. Because a lot of players have been with Derek throughout those eight years. You know, Andy Considines, Dean Campbell, young players coming through now, McGinn, Johnny Hayes. You know, they've been there a long time with them. Ash Taylor's been with probably four or five years, Shea Logan. So if you keep giving the same message, players like something fresh and different, and Derek has to continue, you know continually reinvent himself to push himself on so I wasn't surprised when it happened because sometimes change just happens you just run out you know with a club you've been there long enough um, but no you can't forget how well he's done you know as consistently uh, throughout the time and whoever comes in after him yeah. is yeah, going to have to follow got, up to we, that we had two Celtic fans on earlier we've got two Aberdeen fans on right now we've got John already and uh, welcome David to the show as well hi David hi David 
Good evening, Rob. I uh, hope you're well. Good evening, guys. I hope yep. you're well as well. Yeah, I hope you're well too, David. And uh, what were you thinking uh, when you heard the news last night about Derek McInnes? Yeah, I'm going to be brutally honest with you, Rob. Uh, I was very surprised by the timing, more than anything else, uh, to be honest. It, it was, you, were, you were hearing what we rumours regarding Derek going, but rumours are rumours. So when the news actually came alight, it was, it was surprised, more than anything else, to be honest. And what would you like to see happen now? Who who do you want for the job? Yeah, it's, it's, it's a good question. Uh, I've noticed the, the managers in running for the job. Uh, there's some good managers in there. Uh, Enzo Maresca, I noticed uh, Snoddy uh, <laughs> mentioned that yeah. long sentence regarding, uh, regarding Enzo earlier on. Yeah, the, the, odds, have, the odds have shortened on him becoming Aberdeen manager as well, haven't they? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I was waiting to say, I think there's a, a host of good managers in for the role. Uh, a few diddies in there as well. If that's been <laughs> point. Um, yeah. Uh, over, uh, if you're asking me right now who would be my choice, I would be going for Stephen Robinson or Maresca, which is a good one as well. But mm. good one, and you've got to understand the fact that he's on a long. Co- he's, he's just signed a long contract with Simon. John. Yeah, we said earlier on that Craig's is. Uh, full of praise for Derek McInnes and, and, and I think he did a very good job as well as, particularly when he first took over the, the role but it was almost as if like Celtic were Aberdeen's nemesis wasn't it for several seasons when Rangers were out of the league and I, I think it was three finals I think Celtic beat Aberdeen in a couple of other semi-finals uh, and when you think about <laughs> it the team that Celtic had you know the nine in a row they're an exceptional team mm. you know so you know, you look at any other any other team, any other role, getting to three or four cup finals yeah. was a wonderful achievement, but they kept coming up against the brilliant Celtic yeah. team. And, and then you and then you cut to this season, yeah. John. And as a manager, and, 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 you, and you see and you see Aberdeen falling short against a Celtic side who were really struggling. And I think there were lots of times this season where Aberdeen fans would have looked at the table and thought, um, if we keep this going, Celtic are in our sights, John. Oh, yeah, I think that's been probably the biggest frustration as well. Every time Celtic kept dropping points, so did we. And yeah, that was that's really right. You were right on the tails for the full seasons, yeah. weren't you? Yeah, yep. you really were. Yeah, well, I was. I mean, there was a couple of seasons in Rangers out the league that we actually beat Celtic a couple yeah. of times at home, but we, we lost the away games as well, unfortunately. There was that pivotal moment where um, where Tom Rogic scored in the last minute against the Kilmarnock, and we lost at Muddle that same day. I think that turned it that year, because it was close at that point, but... Um, this season has been frustrating because we were right behind Celtic who weren't doing very well and we, we haven't capitalised and neither have Hibs um, yeah. either so it's just been a strange race mm-hmm. um, this season I, mean, I, I guess you know when you, when you you know it's what Craggs was saying earlier on you, you look at you look at the reign of Derek McInnes and you look at winning a trophy in his first season uh, t- dragging mm-hmm. Aberdeen back up the, the league placings but in recent time in more recent times they, they've been a nearly team uh, getting to semi-finals and finals, but not winning anything else, and and as Craig says, getting to the brink of qualifying for the group stages of a European competition, and, and not quite making it there either. Yeah, I mean, it's, as I said before, I mean, the expectations was raised and we didn't quite match. I mean, the, people ask when was the right time for McK- when should McInnes have maybe stepped aside? People maybe think that after twenty seventeen, reaching those two cup finals against Celtic and come so close in the Scottish Cup win especially that Kenny McLean Adam Rooney uh, sorry Kenny McLean Johnny Hayes moment still haunts me to this day um, you know, could they have went then it was obviously off for Sunderland didn't fancy it, it was, you know, we can't forget 
he's turned down the Rangers job for whatever reason. So yeah, he's been loyal to the club. Yeah, yeah. I think maybe with benefit hindsight, when we got second place that season, twenty seventeen eighteen, beat Celtic last day of the season, I think maybe that was maybe the right time for him to maybe step away at that point because what more could he have done? I yeah. think we're losing. I think more what, Derek, what Derek did do with Gerrard came in. What Derek did do well. though, John, he brought some fantastic nights back at Petodri, didn't he? Some great European nights, full houses. Mm-hmm. A couple of years ago mm-hmm. when they drew Burnley, I remember going yeah. down and doing that game for Beach. Yeah. I think Aberdeen brought about 10,000 fans down to Burnley. Another 10,000 were outside the ground, by the way. Yeah. So, you know, he did bring back some great memories, some great European nights. And I actually, I actually think he did a very good job at Aberdeen. Yeah. Of late, you score one goal in nine games. Yeah. He's probably looking at himself in the mirror, thinking, "Do you know what? You know, it's nowhere near good enough." And he's probably expected it in the end. David, I want to get your thoughts on Stephen Glass, who's well up, if not the top of the the bookies list of possible replacements for Derek McInnes at the moment. He, of course, a former Aberdeen midfielder, uh, great left foot he had on him as a player. He's currently managing the second team, I think, at Atlanta United in the states, which, of course, is where the chairman uh, Dave Cormack is based. There's a there's a link up, obviously, between the two clubs, Aberdeen and Atlanta. Stephen Glass, does that sound to you, David, like a, a possible? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, Stephen is working his trade at America at the moment. Uh, a very good standard, although would I be correct in saying it's the reserve team? Yes. Yeah, yeah. it's the reserve team, Rob, but irrespective, it's, uh, he's working his trade uh, week upon week, and, and Aberdeen's a, a, a good stepping stone for, for Stephen in terms of what his management uh, expectations, but also... Stephen will have expectations of his own compared to what Dirk had at Aberdeen because there was no doubt in the success that uh, Dirk McInnes had at Aberdeen. But on to Stephen. I think Stephen would bring a, a good uh, brand of football to, to the Dons and he would, he would be a successful uh, manager, in my opinion, for, for Aberdeen. And he would definitely be a, a good appointment in, in my book. Uh, and he's got whoever comes in for the Aberdeen job, whether it's Stephen Glass or anybody else, it's a huge rebuilding job because there's as many, if I'm right in saying, there's as many as 14 or 15 players out of contract in yeah. the season, including Bruce, including Bruce Anderson, so Hamilton at the moment, who's banning yeah. goals for Brian Rice's side at this minute in time. So, but I, but so I guess, but, but I guess, Craig's what 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 Derek McInnes going now means it, it gives Aberdeen a bit of time to appoint now and and to to think about the summer and and the yeah. rebuild, the inevitable rebuild. It's not as big a panic as doing it at the end of May because the close season is so short and the season comes round so quickly. So Dave Cormack has bought himself a little bit of time. He's taken the pressure off. He's put Paul Sheeran and Barry Robson in charge so he can look about and ask questions. And I've no doubt that his phone will be red hot. People will be contacting him saying, you know, there's my client, there's my client. The Stephen Glass one would concern me slightly just because he's been out of the country for so long. He's worked in a different environment. We all know how Scottish football works. It's thick, it's fast, it's furious. There's lots going on. There's a rebuilding squad. Does he know the Aberdeen squad currently? Does he know the players who could come in who potentially could come in budgets there's so many things to take into consideration now we spoke about Maresca for the Celtic job and there's potential there of maybe getting the but he hasn't been a number one and Stephen Glass hasn't been a number one either and Aberdeen don't need someone who's inexperienced doesn't really know the game in Scotland over the past couple of years they want someone to come in hit the ground running flood the uh, squad full of players and kick on and challenge for third place next year so that could be a risk with Stephen Glass although people are putting two and two together and coming up with the answer so who knows John and David thanks very much indeed all the best to you both thank you very much thanks for joining us on the show two Aberdeen fans who are keen to know what happens next 
The Bull Radio Football Show. Let's go. It's Rob McLean, Stephen Craig, and John Hartson on the Go Radio Football Show with OPC Energy Limited. On a Tuesday night, I thought I might have heard a bit of response from you, John Hartson, when that Swansea equaliser went in a short time ago. I never saw at it. Blackburn. I know. I, I, I realised you couldn't have seen ahead. it. <laughs> Swansea haven't won there for 50 odd years. Yeah. Remarkable. And they're right up there. I use. Is that IU? AU? IU, he's not being on fire. He's yeah. equalised for them. But he scored like, two last minute penalties in the last week. He got one against Stoke last weekend and he scored against Middlesbrough the weekend. Swansea won two tight games and now they go to Blackburn tonight. So they're yeah. right up there. 1 1 so far in that game in the English Championship. Swansea man John Hartson with us. Celtic legend as well. A Motherwell legend to Stephen Craig in Northern Ireland. And as well. Fan. Home Glenn Tor- Glenn Tor- oh, they're not on again tonight. Are they? the last three Tuesdays in a row, Rob. I'm going for four in a row tonight. Stephen Craig and cost me what made me the most disappointed man. The most shocking, disappointed man just because ever. he watches Glen Torrin on the telly or <laughs> no, was it something else because he he, he, uh, he spoke the biggest day of my life do, do you want to do you want to talk your way through it again no, 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 this win in the league wasn't yeah, it no. Big we Steve. can talk we about had, it after we, it was Scott McDonald's fault wasn't it yeah. but we had a front three of myself Bellamy and Sutton that day with oh. Petrov Petrov in behind oh. right. and did, did Craig Xavier in his back pocket yeah he did very well must have been a fair sized back pocket to be honest it was a battle always was with Big John Always, always looked forward to it. Yeah, it Didn't good. very often come out and talk, but there you go. Yeah, it was good. It was we good can't battle. possibly finish the show without hearing from Sean in Garth Thamlock. Hi, Sean. Oh, how are we doing, guys? All right, I told Sean. You, uh, I told you when Rangers would win the league with 20 plus points, and we're 20 plus points in front. Yeah. I knew it. I knew you'd be right. I had the utmost confidence in you right from the start. He lied. Thank you very much. <laughs> but Sean, Sean, how, 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 Sean how, did you, how did you think that, mate? How, how did you possibly think when you went into the season um, and Celtic, obviously, you know you know what they, they were going for, you know what Rangers were trying to stop. What, were you that confident that you could turn it around by this margin? What, what made you be so confident? Well, see, to be honest, right, um, John, mate, Mm. I, I, I went on to go radio in October and I actually said that I just uh, I don't know I was something um, going on at Celtic I don't know what it was but mm. I don't think the players were playing for me when I think there's been some kind of fallout or something I don't know mm. what it is you're hearing hundreds of rumours Scott Brown fell out there but you don't know if it's true or not because social no. media sometimes goes a bit overboard but something happened to Celtic Park and I don't know what yeah. I, don't, I don't actually blame it on Neil Wynn I actually think of um, the board or something at Celtic's yeah, I think, there's, I think there's lots of uh, people to, uh, you know, that needs to be uh, held accountable. I don't think Neil can be held accountable for everything that went wrong. Done? Sorry, pal? Are you putting your name forward for the job? No, they won't give it to me. They won't give it to me, mate. I've not got enough experience. and yeah. um, He's on too good a deal at the Go Radio Football Show, to be perfectly <laughs> honest. He can't take the wage He can't take the wage drop, Sean, to be no, honest. They won't give it to me. <laughs> Just wondering what you think, Sean, about the, the rest of the season with Rangers. Uh, the title is tucked away now. What about Europe? What about the Scottish Cup? Um, well, the Scottish Cup's still on, as I know. Um, so hopefully we can make a final of that. Europe... Um, in Europe, it's a bonus. How far you can go in Europe, that's just going to be a bonus. But, but that's, that's where the money is. So, but I'm glad now Rangers are finally back for Champions League football. I think there's two teams in the Champions League next season. So, hopefully, the two team, the two old firm teams can do well in the Champions League and uh, we'll see where it goes. Crags, Rangers must have every chance 
in this in this Europa League when you when you look at it now. I mean, I know it's I know it's uh, one hurdle at a time, and it's uh, Slavia mm. Prague yeah. on Thursday night in the Czech Republic, then Ibrox the, the following week. Um, that's going to be tough enough. They knocked out Leicester. We, we know how good they are, but th- there's nothing Rangers will be hugely worried about what about you know, what's left in the competition. Well, they don't want to get too carried away, but uh, you know we said after they beat Royal Antwerp in the fashion that they did that other teams within the competition will be thinking we want to avoid Rangers just because of their attacking flair the goals have scored you know how they've progressed their style of play seems to suit European football and it suits them because teams come on to them and they can counter attack against teams there's more space for their flair players to play in Hadji and, and Kimar Roof and and uh, Ryan Kent and Morelos you know they're not playing against a back six or seven they're playing against sometimes man for man and they believe they can get the better of them. They've shown time and time again. So, you know, without looking too far ahead, uh, I just wonder what physical state they're going to be in for this game on Thursday night. Because there's no doubt they had a good celebration on, on Saturday, if you look at social media. They had a good celebration on Sunday. I was reading Borna Barasic's comments today saying they were off on Monday. So really they're going to have to train Tuesday and Wednesday, uh, today and tomorrow, ahead of a huge game on Thursday night. So you would think that the players, you know, will be up for the game physically you hope they're in good condition because Slavia Prague can't be underestimated no. you know they've beat uh, Bayer Leverkusen at home they've beat Hapoel uh, Barsheva at home they've beaten Nice at home they've went to Leicester and, 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 and won by two goals to nil so you know this is not a glamour tie it's not looking at oh, Slavia Prague but they are a good team they've got some really good players so Rangers will have to be at their best they will fancy the chances of getting through if they can have a good performance on Thursday night but I just think there's so many things to look forward to between now and the end of the season it isn't just let's win the title Scottish Cup Europa League progress it's yeah. all looking really good and the players have to use this as a stepping stone to continue to move forward and it's very tempting Sean as well isn't it to, to look at what's left in that in that Europa League without taking your eyes off what, what happens on Thursday because I mean the, the best two left I guess outside of Rangers would be Man United and Milan they play each other so one of those is going to go in the next round one of those ain't going to reach the quarterfinals and I mean Manchester United to me anyway can be wonderful one day and pretty poor the next um Milan, maybe Celtic made Milan look better than they were when, when Celtic were beaten by them earlier in the competition. What do you think about what's left in the Europa League and Rangers' chances? I think they have got a slight chance. I've actually got them on 16 to 1. I put it on bet 365 the other day. I stuck a V5 on it. So, 16 so to 1. That Say that again. 16 to 1. Yeah. Well, that seems, that, that seems a, a decent I think price. Rangers have, have been so. Um... You know they've been, they've been playing so well in the Europa League. I just think even on Thursday night, Slavia Prague, I, I think even if they go away from home and and lose lose narrowly, I still think they've got the firepower and the belief to bring a team back to Ibrox. You know the following week and and turn that around. So I don't think there's much panic stations there. I think they're, you know, they, they've showed fantastic uh, form both away from home and and you know you saw what happened in 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 the last game against Royal Antwerp. You know that what was it was it five five two they come back with, or yeah. with it, whatever it was. It was nine five, wasn't it overall? Yeah, so they, they've <laughs> shown aggregate. they can score goals on the road and they can score a bagful when they come home. So I think it's a draw they could potentially get through, but. You know, for me, the one thing I'd be concerned about is just don't take your eye off the ball in terms of 
the main job has been done this season with the league. Um, and I think four or five days, Craig's we, we we could recover no time in that time, Rob, when we had a bit of a shed full back in the day. <laughs> yeah. that, was, that was quite a lot of time to recover. Exactly. <laughs> um, what about your, who's your player of the season uh, so far, uh, Sean, for Rangers? We had a chat about it earlier on. John threw the name of Connor Goldson in. I think when you go through that Rangers team, you could probably pick about six, seven or eight players out of there as the outstanding player of the season. And that maybe tells a story about a team I, performance. I, 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 think, I think there's a choice of three. Well, my three would be Tavernier, uh, Morales, or Alan McGregor. That's my choice of three. Mm. Craigs? Yeah, listen, when you win the league, that, that proves you've got the best players or the players playing on form. And what's impressed about Rangers is that different players at different times have stepped up when they've needed. Yeah. James Tavernier carried the team at the start of the season. Mm. Penalties, goals, assists. Ryan Kent was outstanding Kent, at the start. But then... Tavernier went yeah. quiet, Kent went quiet, and then that little 45-minute break he had against Standard at uh, Royal Antwerp when he didn't start, he's come back firing all cylinders. Just when they needed that little upturn, that little uplift in performance, he's carried them to it. You then get the consistency of Stephen Davis, who sometimes goes unnoticed um, until he's not playing, mm. because he is you know, simplicity personified. Doesn't put the game at risk, doesn't put the game in doubt, but every week churns out top performance, top performance. Glenn Kamaz did some incredible performances. Scott Harfield scored important goals as well. So it's been such a real team effort. They haven't relied on one individual or two individuals. At different stages, people have popped up. And Alfredo Morelos, of course, in the in the Royal Antwerp game, I think nine out of the ten goals he was involved, eight of the nine goals he was involved in, either scoring or, or assisting. So they've really raised the bar individually. But they've took their moments to do it. And Connor Goldson is a centre half. Consistency is incredible. He really has. He's the one given. Every time Stephen Gerrard names a team, he's first on the list. You know, he's Balogun beside him, he's Hollander beside him, he's Tavernier out to the right, he's Balogun out to the right, he's Patterson. He's always the rock in the core. And that shows a big improvement from him. Sean, do you see another trophy in the Rangers boardroom before we're finished this season? Well, the season we had, um, you couldn't say no. So I am, I, I am quite confident. And my score prediction, four falls it is 2-1 Rangers 2-1 Rangers I love it that you know what my question is going to be even before I ask it um, I think which... that voice sounds a bit husky Sean I think you've been enjoying yourself over the last couple well, of days on the back you? of you oh, saying oh, Rangers oh. would win the league Sean <laughs> by 20 points but I want to get your lottery tickets for this weekend <laughs> good to hear from you Sean Thank you. All the best. And he's going for 2-1 Rangers in the Czech Republic on uh, Thursday night, just uh, 48 hours away from Rangers uh, being back in Europe, having uh, won the title at the weekend. Thanks to Stephen Cragen. Thanks to John Hartson. And this is Rob McLean saying, join us again tomorrow night with Paul and Barry and Marv. Live at five. The Bull Radio Football Show. Let's go. Feel the heat of the game, the crunching tackles, the near misses and diving headers. Feel the drive from the sidelines. Feel the passion of your captain. Feel the celebrations. Feel the last-minute heartache and the penalty save that changes everything. Feel the heat of the game from the comfort of your own home with OPC Energy Limited. For more information on heat pump servicing and breakdowns, renewable energy and more, visit opc-ltd.uk. Thank you.